0: You dream about as a kid growing up trying to play in the NHL and he scores! And we are back for episode 10 of the Cracker Jack Sports Show. I'm your host, John Coro. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. And yes, folks, we finally did it. We have reached double digits on episodes of the show in just five months. We thank you so much for all of your support throughout the birth of this magnificent podcast. And we are also finally returning from our break of the show in case you haven't listened to the last episode or don't follow us on social media. The show announced that it would be taking a slight break and it would be back soon enough and here we are. But before we get started, make sure to follow the Cracker Jack Sports Show on Twitter at Cracker Jack Show and on Instagram at CJackSports434. That is Cracker Jack Show on Twitter and CJackSports434 on Instagram. Well, we finally have some MLB news to talk about. Obviously, there hasn't been much going on in the baseball realm, and it makes complete sense due to the lockout, but we have some exciting news this past week. David Ortiz got voted first ballot into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him. I think it was well-deserved. This guy had a great career, and I wish him the best of luck in his retirement. But then comes the big question behind all this, and I'm not the only one asking for sure. If David Ortiz got voted in, Why didn't Barry Bonds? Well, obviously, this question caused some controversy around the league, and for good reason, too. It is absolutely remarkable what Barry Bonds did, regardless of steroids, which was the main reason why he was not voted in. By the way, this year was the last year he could have been voted in, so in the future years, Barry Bonds will not be elected into the Hall of Fame. But anyways... If you don't know the story of Barry Bonds, he is known as the home run king. He had the most home runs during his career than any other player in Major League Baseball history with a total of 762 home runs. He broke Hank Aaron's record with number 756 on August 7th of 2007, which is one of the most iconic home runs to this day. He also had 74 home runs in the season, which still remains a record today. However, as mentioned, he never got respect for it because he did all of this on steroids. But many people, including myself, think that what Bonds did was a major accomplishment. Because of his statistics, he was only getting one pitch, maybe two if he was lucky, to hit every game, got walked 2,000 times in his career, got intentionally walked 688 times in his career and yet still managed to hit 762 career home runs. And the fact that he is not in the Hall of Fame just stuns me. The thing that gets me even more mad about this was that David Ortiz, the guy everyone loves, also got caught doing steroids. In fact, about 80% of the league during the Ortiz-Bonds period was doing steroids at the time. And it's such a biased move by the MOB to have Ortiz make it and not Bonds. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't deserved by Ortiz. He always came up clutch and was well-respected, put up monster numbers, and was pretty much the Derek Jeter of Boston. What I'm saying is, you know, you have all these players doing steroids for Major League Baseball, and you pick out Barry Bonds. Bonds wasn't even a cancer on the field either. He was the only time I remember Barry Bonds actually doing something stupid on the field, was when he was arguing arguing with his Pirates coach, Jim Leyland at the time. And that was before he even took, ter- took steroids. He was very skinny. You got to look up that video for all you guys out there if you want to know what it's like. But needless to say, it's just kind of sad that nowadays, every little thing the MLB touches has to turn into a controversy, which is what puts MLB in this position they are in. And... I honestly think that the 2022 MLB season is going to get canceled. And if you're going to look back on the reasons why with David Ortiz getting in and not Barry Bonds, that this is one of those examples. It clearly doesn't relate to like all the financial stuff with the collective bargaining agreement, but you know, the tox, the toxic, I don't know how to say it, but like the toxic amount of behavior by Rob Manfred and the MLBPA and the owners, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. MLB is in a very bad spot right now. And I really hope there's a 2022 season, but this Hall of Fame controversy we got going on, that, that really doesn't help matters at all. Okay, so now we're going to recap on the New York Islanders. So since our little break, a lot has happened in Islanders Nation. We'll start off with the 21st of January when they shut out the Coyotes for nothing off of a 17-save shutout from Ilya Sorokin. In the first period, Scott Mayfield and Austin Zarnik would both get their second goals of the season to get the Isles up 2-0. Not much happened in the second, but Brock Nelson would score two more to finish it off in the third. Now, this game was great offensively and behind the net, but the main reason was because of our defense. I know Sorokin had a great game, but the fact that our defense only allowed 17 shots through all 60 minutes is incredible. I have... I have a theory like for the New York Islanders in ever since the new year, 2022, their defense has been plenty better. And now I always thought like, why did Adam Pellet get voted in and not Matthew Barzell? Well, now that I'm looking how defensively he is and how defensively like Noah Dobson, Scott Mayfield, Ryan Pollock coming back from injury, this defense is a lot better. I, I'm not sure if it's playoff caliber, but at least it's a start. Like we're not out of the... We're not out of this just yet. Like, we're not going to start rebuilding next year. The Islanders, I think we're in control for next year, especially if the defense keeps playing the way it is. And this game was also for an Islanders fan legend who unfortunately passed away. His name was Clark Gillies and his number still remains retired at Belmont. You know, rest in peace to a legend, Clark Gillies... All I can say is he's an Islanders legend. I can't really explain much from Clark Gillies because obviously I wasn't born around that time, but if you were to ask any Islanders fan how good Clark Gillies was, they'll tell you, and you know, it sucks to see him go, but that win was something special for a very loyal hockey team in the New York Islanders. RIP to Clark. The next day, however, the Islanders would fall short to the Leafs 3-1 at UBS Arena This would be the second time the Islanders lose to Toronto at UBS. The Islanders' offense was kind of quiet that night, and the better team simply won. The highlight of the game was a buzzer-beater goal from Pierre Engvall in the winding seconds of the first period. I think it was like .2. It was either .4 seconds or .2 to be exact, but that's just me. The next game, however, the Islanders would play their third game against Philly, for that past week. And just like the other two games. The Islanders got the W. 4-3 was the final score. Zach Parisi played hero once again. And that would be the 13th loss in a row. For the Philadelphia Flyers. Like this is bringing back 2021 Buffalo Sabres. And I guess when Rasmus Ristelainen got traded to Philly. He must have brought that never win a game model from Buffalo. But either way. This one was very important to the Isles. For them to bounce back. And I would have said they could have started a winning streak, but that backfired on Thursday when they lost to LA by a score of 3-2. This was the first game in UBS Arena that got aired on ESPN. In the first period, Quinton Byfield, who went number two in the 2020 NHL Draft, scored his first career goal to give the Kings the first goal of the game. Congratulations to him, and you know, it sucks that it was against the Islanders, but it makes up for some of the hype he was getting. Like, Jack Hughes got so much hype, he's producing into an all-star. capo Caco, mm, he's getting there, and so is Alexi Lafreniere, but we'll talk about him later. Owen Power, you know, I hope, I hope he makes the Sabres roster next year because I want to see him start scoring some goals, you know? Especially with the way Buffalo's scoring, or Buffalo's struggling. But anyways, back to the game. Andreas Athanasio would add to the lead in the second to give Los Angeles a two-goal cushion. Unfortunately, despite a late push from the New York Islanders in the third, the Kings held on to win the game by a final of 3-2. to two. The Isles played once again on Sunday against the Wild, and unfortunately, they lost again. This one by a score of 4-3. It was a wild back-and-forth contest, but the Wild came out on top to win it and stay on top of the rest of the league. Two days later, they played the Ottawa Senators at UBS, and this time they won. Final score 4-1. to one. After a Nick Holden goal to start the first period, Anthony Beauvillier tied it up in the final two minutes. Both Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzell will get their 10th goals of the season in the second period, making it 3-1 New York. And then the All-Star himself, Adam Pelic, got his second of the year to pretty much put the game out of reach in the third. The very next day, the Islanders would play again, but this one was a makeup game. The Islanders were supposed to play the Seattle Kraken on January 29th, but it got postponed due to inclement weather and got rescheduled for the 2nd of February. It was scoreless throughout the 1st and 2nd period, but two quick goals were scored from Jared McCann and Vince Dunn for the Kraken, and Mason Appleton put it away with an empty netter. The final score would be 3-0, and the Kraken get their first shutout in franchise history, It was done by Philip Grubauer, who will now always be remembered for what he did at UBS Arena that night against uh, the New York Islanders. Speaking of being remembered, however, Jordan Everly played his first game back against the New York Islanders and got a standing ovation in the first period. All jokes aside, I think it was well-deserved. He's been on the Islanders for four seasons and has had many signature moments that, to be honest, I kind of lost track, but I think the one... That everyone remembers, and the one I'll certainly remember for the rest of my life was his goal in the second overtime of Game Five of the 2020. 20, <laughs> his goal in the second overtime of Game Five of the 2020 Eastern Conference Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That goal will always remain unforgettable, and that is why they showed that on the jumbotron during his ovation. So Jordan Eberle, we miss you and we could really use you right now, but good luck for the rest of your career with the Seattle Kraken and any organization you play for in the future. So that weekend, the NHL held the 2022 All-Star Skills Competition and All-Star Game in Las Vegas, Nevada. In my honest opinion, nothing really stood out from this weekend and it was low-key kind of boring, but really just the standard tradition of the NHL and what it's been doing for a very long time. Here are the final winners from all the competition. So for the fastest skater, we had Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues winning it with 13.55 seconds, passing Connor McDavid. And, you know, if Matt Barzell was in it, it probably would have been more competition. But either that would have been true or I'm just a biased Islanders fan. Honestly, I don't know. But anyways, um, for hardest shot, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning would win with 103.2 miles per hour. I think Adam Pellick finished right behind him at like 102.1. Um, I've, I don't know exactly, but it was very close. And Victor Hedman came out on top. He's always known for destroying the New York Islanders. So I'll give him credit when credit is due, even though I hate him a lot. For an accuracy shooting, Sebastian Ajo would win the challenge for Carolina. He would hit all four targets in the top right corners of the net in 10.937 seconds. For the NHL save streak, the NHL did something a little, a little different. So instead of having every man for himself, they paired up goalies in each division to see who would have the most streaks together, and they would play them on opposite ends. So it turns out, it looks like the Atlantic Division won with Jack Campbell for Toronto and Andre Vasilevsky combining for nine consecutive saves in the Fountain Faceoff. This is one of the. This was one that I was. This was one challenge that I was struggling on how to talk about, so I'm not really, really going to talk about it, but Zach Wierenski would win the fountain face-off. I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> this next one was kind of a joke, not going to lie, but it was called Hockey Blackjack. Apparently, Joe Pavelski was playing blackjack with a magician on the ice, and Pavelski won, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but in the final challenge, the breakaway challenge, Alex Petrangelo was technically the winner, but a lot of people thought Trevor Zegers won it. So that's why in in this document I'm reading from, I'm putting it as Bolt. So when this episode is dropped on Instagram and Twitter, please leave a comment to see if you think Alex Petrangelo won the competition or Trevor Zegers won the competition. But in the All-Star Game the very next day, the Metropolitan Division would come out on top, beating the Central Division 5-3. to three, Claude Giroux would win NHL All-Star MVP, which is, and he's the third flyer to do it in franchise history. Alright, so now it's time to recap on the rest of the NHL. Due to the slight absence of the show, we're going to be recapping two weeks' worth of games to make up for lost showtime. There was an historic moment that also occurred on January 28th. Sergei Zubov, a legend of the Dallas Stars, had his number recently retired. It's certainly an important date in NHL history. And I congratulate him and the Dallas Stars for giving him a wonderful career. And if the NHL recaps his best moments of 2022, they will definitely start off with this one. Great way to start off the year for the Dallas Stars. With that being said, let's move on because we got a lot of games to go over. So we'll start all the way on January 21st. In the first game, the Penguins would win 5-2 off a hat-trick from Sidney Crosby plus an assist. The Ducks would beat the Lightning 5-2 the final score. The Hurricanes would take over the top spot in the Metro with a 6-3 win. The Panthers would come from behind to win in the shootout. 2-1 the final score, obviously, in the shootout. Minnesota beat Chicago 5-1. The Blues shut out the Kraken 5-0 off a of 27 saves from the rookie Ville Husso. And the Stars would beat the Red Wings in overtime by a score of 5-4. Moving on to Saturday, so Chris Kreider would get the hat-trick. For New York as they beat Arizona seven to three. Obviously, this game, this is one of those games where like the away crowd pretty much invaded the Coyotes. It was I'm not even gonna lie, I love when that happens, unless you're the home team. The Rangers are a very passionate fan base, despite how much I hate them. And they the fact that all those fans flew over from New York or New Jersey, wherever they live, all the way to Arizona, I mean that's just great. That's just showing loyalty for your team. The Abs would win their 15th straight home game as they win 3-2 in overtime against the Montreal Canadiens. The Devils would win 7-4 over Carolina. The Sabres would also win 6-3 against Philadelphia. Peyton Krebs scores his first two career NHL goals. Congratulations to him. The Bruins would win 3-2 over the Winnipeg Jets. They, they improved to 8-2-0 in their last 10. Washington beats Ottawa 3-2 in overtime. The Wild win back-to-back games against the Blackhawks in a 4-3 win in overtime. Leon Draisaitl leads the way to the Oilers with victory with a 4-point night. 5-3 was the final score over Calgary in the Battle of Alberta. The Lightning would beat the Sharks 7-1 in a blowout game. And the Predators would beat the Red Wings 4-1. Moving on to Sunday, the Seattle Kraken would beat the Florida Panthers 5-3. The Blues would beat Vancouver 3-1. Vladimir Tarasenko extends his point streak to nine games. Pittsburgh would win 3-2 over Winnipeg in a shootout as the Penguins win their seventh straight home game. Ottawa beats Columbus 2-1, and the Kings beat the Devils 3-2. On Monday, the Avs extend their home streak to 16 straight games. That, that's impressive for Colorado as they win 2-0 over Chicago. The Wild absolutely blow out the Canadians. 8-2 was the final score over Montreal. Calgary wins a blowout game 7-1 over the Blues. The Rangers win 3-2 in a shootout over LA. The Ducks beat the Bruins 5-3. Robin Leonard for Vegas leads the way with a 34-save shutout and a 1-0 win over Washington. And the Dallas Stars beat the Flyers 3-1. On Tuesday, the Dallas Stars would start the day well, excuse me. Start the night with a 5-1 win over NJ. Pittsburgh would also win 6-3 over Arizona as it makes as they get their sixth straight win. The Senators shut out the Sabres 5-0 as Tyler Ennis gets his second career NHL hat trick. Edmonton wins 3-2 in overtime over Vancouver. Connor McDavid completes the comeback with the winner himself. The Predators score three unanswered goals in a 4-2 win over Seattle. The Panthers beat the Jets 5-3, and the Hurricanes beat the Knights in overtime 4-3 off of Sebastian Ajo's overtime winner. Moving on to Wednesday, the Colorado Avalanche, yes folks, they did it again. 17 straight home games. They win this one 4-3 in overtime against the Boston Bruins. The Flames win 6-0 off of Jacob Markstrom getting his league-leading sixth shutout of the season. You know, he's having a really good bounce back year. After having a terrible season with Calgary last year, especially with the Flames' inconsistency and all, Calgary's looking like a much better team this year. Dylan Strome would also get his first career NHL hat-trick in a score fest. 8-5 That was the final score in Detroit. Jack Campbell gets his 20th win of the year for Toronto in a 4-3 shootout win against the Ducks. And the Sharks would win 4-1 to one against Washington. Nicholas Malo- Malochi, I don't, please excuse me if I can't say it correctly, but I don't know how to say his last name. But Nicholas Malochi, that's how, that's what I'm assuming. He gets his first career NHL goal. On Tuesday, Trevor Zegris, bro. If if you look up Trevor Zegers, highlight real goal, this will be the first thing that comes up. He scored a lacrosse goal in overtime to beat the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal I mean, wow. Unbelievable what this kid can do. And it's a shame that this is only a podcast because if it was something more advanced, I would literally pull up the video on my phone. But you guys have to look it up. Just look up Trevor Zegers lacrosse goal. You will be amazed if you haven't even watched a billion times already. But next game, the Panthers would beat the Vegas Golden Knights, 4-1, to Alexander Barkov, The captain reaches 500 career points. Another big congratulations to him. Frederick Anderson makes 37 saves in a Hurricanes win. The 3-2 is the final score in a shootout against Ottawa. The Blue Jackets beat the Rangers 5-3. St. Louis beats Calgary 5-1. The Oilers beat the Predators 3-2 in a shootout. Tampa Bay beats New Jersey 3-2. The Vancouver Canucks beat the Winnipeg Jets 5-1. And the Kraken end the Penguins' winning streak at six games with a 2-1 win in overtime against Pittsburgh. All right, so that's one week down. On a next Friday, the 28th of January. So the Abs would win their ninth straight game against the Chicago Blackhawks. 6-4 was the final score. The Twins would beat the New York Rangers 3-2. Vitek Manichek gets a 29-save shutout for Washington in a 5-0 shutout win over Dallas. The Red Wings beat the Penguins' 3-2 in a shootout off of Lucas Raymond scoring the shootout winner. And the Bruins would win their 25th game of the season off a 2-1 win against Arizona. On Saturday, the Panthers would score 3 unanswered to, to come back and win the game, 5-4 against the San Jose Sharks. The Hurricanes would beat the Devils 2-1. Vegas beats the Tampa Bay 3-2 in the shootout. Scott Lofton scores the overtime winner for Philadelphia and a 4-3 win in overtime. Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs each get two points in a 3-1 win over the Coyotes for Buffalo. Anaheim wins 2-1 over the Senators. The Maple Leafs beat the Red Wings 7-4. Oilers beat Canadians 7-2. Calgary beats Vancouver 1-0. And the Winnipeg Jets beat the St. Louis Blues (laughs) 4-1. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you like our content, make sure to follow us at CrackerJackSports.com for previous and upcoming episodes. I'm your host, John Coral, and this was the CrackerJack Sports Show. Take care, everyone. Oh, my God.